Christmas in this part of the world it has a complicated history. It wasn't always recognized as an official holiday and the church didn't address it the same way it gets celebrated today. How we have come to know the Christmas holiday is primarily shaped by a man named Clement Clark Moore. Now you may not recognize the name, but you certainly remember his famous poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, or maybe you know it as, Twas the Night Before Christmas. He penned and published his poem on December 23rd, 1823. However, there's a bit of a convoluted history and kind of a long gnarly story as to how Moore was inspired to depict our contemporary understanding of St. Nick. And to get there, we need to understand some things about early American Christmas. Now, we don't have time to dive into all of it, but we should know that this was a very early time in America. In fact, the country was just coming off the Great War with England, and independence was still a new thing the Patriots had to figure out. The United States was primarily an agricultural economy, meaning Christmas was a time of rest after harvest. So a very popular way of letting your hair down, so to speak, was what is known as wassailing. At least this was popular in large cities. The American population was very much divided into classes. Uh, we at least had an upper or civilized class known as patricians, and there was the working class, which were often called plebeians. Since it was after the harvest and the year was almost up, it was customary for plebeians to gather, drink wassail, a cider type of liquor, and sing together. As the night wore on and the wassail would take effect, the working class groups would go to the homes of their patrician bosses, open the door, say cheers, and start singing songs until their bosses woke up, went down to hear the songs, and then paid them to leave. Now the bizarre thing is that this was mostly a peaceful experience, as much as it was expected. There are very few incidences that were reported to get out of hand. But as time went on and the populations of cities like New York were booming, this practice began to get more and more out of hand and the different classes became more and more isolated. The working class became more frustrated over their wages and conditions and the upper class became increasingly frustrated as the city took over their properties. Now, a group of people known as the Knickerbockers wanted to return to the days of old. This is where Moore's famous poem shows up. Only Moore and his friends made a subtle shift in the Christmas celebration. Instead of Christmas being the time when the lower class arrives in the boss's home and the upper class homeowner gives a charitable gift to those wasslers, Moore depicted Santa Claus as the representative of the upper class, the patrician, who then comes into the home of the lower class, in this case, the, chil the children. Another change was that the custom was moved from a societal celebration to one done privately and with family. More than anything though, the poem and its popularity was an effort to recognize an earlier tradition and bring the chaotic city life back to an understanding that God was the author of Christmas. When Moore wrote his poem, he actually borrowed from a very popular poem of the day. It was known as the Day of Doom, which was about the second coming of Christ, written by a clergyman from Massachusetts named Michael Wigglesworth. It was published back in 1662. Now, when read side by side, it is clear that Moore borrowed from Wiggleworth's structure in his meter. Both poems begin with a scene in which people are sleeping on a still night, dreaming of things to come. As you know, Moore writes, "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." Now, Wiggleworth's poem muses like this, "'Still was the night, serene and bright, when all the men sleeping lay, Calm was the season and carnal reason, though so twould last for a. Both poems continue in the scene when suddenly the slumbering calm is shattered by a sound that rouses the sleepers, which causes them to leap out of their bed and run to the window. 
When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Wigglesworth writes, For at midnight break for a light, which turned the night to day, and speedily a hideous cry did all the world dismay. Again, the poems go on in this scene, but both provide in the final act the arrival through the air of an unexpected supernatural visiting, accompanied by other magical creatures. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. What to my wondering eyes did appear? But a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Wigglesworth says this, Viewing this light, which shines more bright than doth the noonday sun, straightway appears, they see it with tears, the son of God most dread, who with his train comes on a main to judge both quick and dead. His winged host flies through all coasts together gathering both good and bad, both quick and dead, and all to judgment bring. Hopefully you get a sense of these poems and how more paralleled Wigglesworth when Moore attempted to call the reader to recapture the spirit of Christmas past, that is the integration of the social classes in festivity, only replacing the cheerful poor with the children of the household. He also introduced the new-ish magical figure of St. Nicholas. This new feature would evoke in his hearers a working class image and also a figure who would act the patrician's part by charitable acts. He depicted St. Nick in the role of a bishop and worker, all the while alluding to a very popular piece of art that reminds the people that Jesus will return. You see, there is no such thing as a traditional Christmas that doesn't include the presence of Emmanuel. It is and will always be about the birth of the Savior, and the birth of Jesus will always be about hope and a future. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Isaiah's words are an invitation to remember the arrival of Jesus, how absolutely undramatic, yet how sublime as the light of the world humbly came as a baby to confront us in the darkness of sin. His words are a reminder of our calling. We don't hoard this light and meagerly await his return. The light is brilliantly displayed for all nations and kings, extended to neighbors and coworkers, family and friends. When the gospel of Jesus shines in us more deeply, the brighter we become. And the thicker the darkness surrounds us, the brighter the opportunity for God's presence to shine. Now be blessed this season, for all seasons, knowing that the God of the universe is with you. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>